Hey, this is Erica. Welcome to episode five of Teacher Soul Talk. This episode is indeed a soul talk. I'm speaking with Heather Rose Goodman, the founder of Root Connection, which has the mission and vision of Beyond Me Becoming We. She is also working in a wellness center in a high school in San Jose, California, where she's re-entering the school system with a yoga perspective and noticing uh, everything that comes with that. So in this episode, we dive deep into what it means to be human, what it means to be in education, and the shifts that we might consider to start to make both as a society and within education so that we can better serve ourselves, our students, and each other. I hope you enjoy. You know, being with the high schoolers now, which I know we're going to get more into it, but I don't like calling things crises. I don't think it's helpful. I like to call them situations or circumstances. And I think one of the largest circumstances that's presenting itself to me all the time that's making my heart break, there's thousands, but this one is very specific, is the, the like non-awareness or something that we should be really interested, when, probably before they're definitely teens, but definitely when they're teens, that they should be feeling that there's a deep level of care about whatever it is that they are going to be focusing on. And, and that's like uh, with most of the teens that I work with, that's almost vacant and they can't locate it anymore. Cause it was so long ago that they would even think that care matters, like that it should bring up something that feels like, Whoa, like I will be energized to this because it seriously moves me. Right. And I know that for me, life decisions were always made that way without me thinking, do what you care about. I, I never remember having the concept of that, but I just knew I wouldn't want to live a life that didn't feel like it was completely an example of what I do care about. And so I find that over all the years, I remember thinking, well, how will I do school with, with my curriculum and all this? Cause I felt like maybe it was so far away and I realized it's so simple <laughs> and it's not actually that complex at all, but really being able to be like project um, oriented, but around care, the, yeah. the, the method of the heart, the method of the, you know, the internal also external, like part of me wants everyone to know I'm not anti current school. I just think I it needs to be <laughs> good. Well, maybe I will be, I mean, I definitely can see every challenge and I always feel like I'm going to get in trouble, which is a very interesting element, mm-hmm. but like the Institute, you know, I go from being a, I wouldn't say wild and out entrepreneur, but kind of like, I never wonder, is my curriculum okay for the world? I'm like, Hev is creating this organization and she's going, and yeah. then I'm doing that in the wellness center. And I feel these little things inside of me, like, is someone going to get you in trouble? Are you allowed to do this with that kid? And I'm like, oh no, mm-hmm. this, the rules have seeped in. They're in there and they're pegging and they make me feel like I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So, Welcome you know, you lived school. in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ruler. Oh my God. Okay. So you've been free now for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And, and spending a lot of time reflecting. So like, you know, mm. between between digging deeper into like anti-racism work and anti-bias and like understanding better, like the systems and the frameworks that it was built within, which I've learned a lot of that over time as well, but less formally and reflecting on all of that at the same time as reflecting on my career as a teacher is just like, so much, I can see so much that I couldn't Mm -hmm. see as clearly when I was in it. And it's hard and it's, it's, it's messy. 
Mm. And um, it has Mm. to change. (laughs) It It has has to. to. Oh, I am 1000% right there with you, which is why when you said, let's do this, I was like, woo, this is going to be a good seed for you and me. I know that we already will both continue on, but I was like, whatever this could mean for collaboration and and just honoring that there's a very similar inner like I feel extremely committed over the arc of my life to reclaim that learning and the evolution of life is fundamentally miraculous and could be the way that school facilitates things. And there are other people that have done this, right? We're not the first people to be like, guess what you guys (laughs) learning is actually amazing. (laughs) Uh, So it's, it's this interesting, I feel like the internet makes it really interesting because you could, you could think everyone's a yogi and everyone knows the conscious next path, but you're in the world and you're like, but I'm not seeing shit anywhere. So I guess I can't really take information for information's sake as if it's effectively changed the way we live our actual lives. It's not. Especially since we're, we put ourselves in echo chambers on the internet for the most part. It's like, oh, look at all these people saying the same thing that I think we're, we're all right on. Good thing. We're all, we're all thinking this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) It's an, it's interesting. I'm curious when you were in high school, when you were in school, like you already kind of mentioned that like, it's always been kind of innate for you to be in line aligned with your values. And Mm. I know that like when we met, I Mm. think, I think, I think you're like 10 years younger than me. So you were maybe 25 and you had already started sister roots, like, which to me is like, Whoa, okay. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't have a clue what I was doing at 25. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I'm curious what that was like for you and how, how your journey has been. Mm. Well, interestingly, I feel very touched the depth of my heart with that question. Um, so thank you for that reflection. Cause I think we live in our lives so much as us that you can't even recognize what you might've done as a teen or a 20 something that really is nuanced and unique to what you're meant to do. So that that's a reflection for me that is interesting because I was aligned with my values so young without thinking I'm aligned with my values. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and, and I think, you know, this, but the high school I'm at is the high school I went to. Did you Mm. know that? So, okay. So it's in an embodied way. And I would only be able to say this now post yoga, I wouldn't have ever used this term in an embodied way before, (laughs) but it's true. (laughs) As I go into the parking lot, as I like to, I've always used a backpack, um, even like after, even like after school backpacks have like after graduating college, I mean, not after school programs, but I'd always felt very good with a backpack. Cause I felt like I carry all my art supplies and everything. So when I started to work at the school, I was like, well, I still want to wear my backpack. So what's interesting is that a lot of the students don't even know I'm a teacher in, in a way. And I love that. Like it is an aspect for me that is fantastic, but also it is an easy transport for me to remember being right back exactly there. Cause I'm just with my backpack and I'm just walking and I'm, I'm a really casual person in a way. Like, I don't really think that I get that. Not to say I don't get serious because I do on accident. I try not to get serious with my ego, but I have more of a beingness that feels a little bit more downstream and chill. That was true in high school too. I think when it comes to like what was going on in high school, like, I don't know. I, I, 
so Sister Roots, Brother Roots, which is now under the arc of Root Connection and our mentorship and all the different things we do, mm-hmm. our mission and our vision came at the same time that Sister Roots and Brother Roots dropped into me, which is the first Vipassana I did. I think, so we had done, we met, that was right when Trump had just become the president. Mm-hmm. So I had already backpacked through Asia mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, yeah. So Beyond Me Becoming We is our mission and our vision. And it that mission and vision statement, Sister Roots and Brother Roots, all like pooped right into me when I was in my first Vipassana in Cambodia. And I remember being like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> like excited, but also like, where did these come from? Like, they're very clearly stated. And I didn't think about them. I wasn't like, it's sisters and brothers and, and me's and we's. But over five years of committing my life to continuing to live this out, and I think it'll take me through the rest of my life. I'm able to see more and more of what I was already harnessing in on and now enough to call it a mission and a vision and create curriculum and community. And I, I feel like the yoga community mirrored this back to me a lot, like trainings and stuff. I was always observing like, why do I feel like I'm getting something so much more than some of the other people in the room? Or like, why do I feel like there's an ease, even in high school, why do I feel like there's a level of me being okay easeful in a way, maybe more chill. I don't know how to describe it. That doesn't seem to be around me, not from the students, but not from the adults necessarily either. And I think it's because for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because I'm tall. I don't know if it's because I'm like love life. I don't know what like made it, but I've always been very aware that I am not the only person on the planet having a life. And I always loved watching everyone in their life. So the we, which is our language with the organization, has always captivated me thoroughly. So anytime I was like, I remember crying on my 16th birthday, coming home from high school, because no one said happy birthday to me. And I remember thinking my best friends will say it, right? It'll Like I had an expectation of how the perfect day of my birthday would go. Didn't happen at all like that, as life is. <laughs> Good lessons. <laughs> But I remember coming home and crying. My sister was playing, it's my party, <laughs> which made it worse. At that time, so there was sensitive. no humor for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's our relationship in a way, which is great. Um, but I also at the same time knew this is something other people were wrestling with too, thinking that a day should go a certain way and it didn't, or yeah. feeling feeling embarrassed and wishing they didn't, but they did. Or so when it came to like my dark nights of the soul or when my seven-year partnership and I split, or when a lot of these things that freaking took my grand ground out from underneath me, mm-hmm. yes, it sucked. And I felt like I was dying in many ways. And so many things were like purging but I think it didn't fuck me over in the way it messes up so many people because I didn't think, Oh, why is this happening to me? Like, this isn't fair. Like life shouldn't do this. And and when I've observed people, when they come to our eight week workshops or our five month trainings or whatever, I can hear the egoic narrative in them that they think very much more centric to the me Mm -hmm. than the we. And that was very interesting because I was like, Whoa, the only thing that's making me have an easier time with everything is that I'm aware we're all going to have this invitation to go through everything, different, Mm -hmm. different um, external expressions of that. But I was very aware that I was not getting like a sentencing that it seemed like everyone else felt they were going through when they were having a hard time. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I remember thinking, cause I was like, I didn't have one friend group. I had various friend groups, but I also really related with the adults best. Mm -hmm. And I had an interesting, I think now I've been able to see it as, 
I, th- I think I wasn't super engaged in the content. I did good at doing what I was told and I got good grades because I could do what I'm told, but I didn't care for much of the, the subject matter, but I really loved relationality. And I felt that I could relate with teachers in a way that I felt more met than the students, especially the boys. So my friends would date, but I was like six feet tall. Boys were like five feet tall. And I was like, that's not even an option. And also they can't even emotionally state anything. So like, we're not on the same. So I feel like in general, the whole context of high school was so different for me mm-hmm. for what, what I was interested in. Dances made me feel uncomfortable because I was already so tall. I was like, I'm not going to wear heels. I'll be six, three, like what? And I don't, you know, so there were certain things I already decided I'm opting out. I didn't go to my first dance, I think until senior year. Um, <laughs> really? How funny yeah. is that? Oh, sweet. And you know, like so many, um, I would, I would, there was this one teacher who's the reason I'm actually have the opportunity to work at the wellness center. He was my algebra two with trig teacher. And I would always go into his class at lunch and what started it was me really facing a lot of, um, that over my life, I had decided my dad not being present was something I didn't care about to like cope or, or whatever story I was going through. And in many ways, it's completely fantastic. He was MIA because of what he would have seeped in in me and my sister's life. We don't want, but it was around the time of high school that I couldn't pretend anymore that it wasn't just that I didn't care. I was actually furious and I was actually hurt and I was actually all these things. And it was with this teacher that I was able to start getting into it. And it was really, Ooh, it was so hard for me. Cause I remember feeling like I knew it was allowed what we were doing, but I also remember thinking like, I wish we could do this part more than some of the other stuff we do. Right. Yeah. And it was just that type of, not just him though. His name is Mr. McMahon, Stephen McMahon. And he's now the, one of the superintendents of the San Jose Unified School District. He worked for the, he was the president of the San Jose Teachers Association, gave me my first internship when I was in college to do all of the teachers association events, marketing, like everything that I was practicing in college. So he's been very, pivotal in so many opportunities of my life. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, I knew when I was in high school, without me knowing it consciously, I knew the power of things is relationship and I'm good with people. I I saw that from a young age. Cause like with my family, a lot of them had social anxiety and just didn't really know how to connect. And I always felt like I'll just make myself the center because I can be a bridge for like a lot of good conversation and lightheartedness. Like they'll be able to be a better time at Thanksgiving if I center myself, because if I don't, it gets really, it's a bad time. It's not a good time. (laughs) So I think that aspect led me through the four years I could see I had friends some of them were cheerleaders. I had some goth friends. I had some, and I could see in the quad, I could see the um, performance, if you will, come out of the cheerleaders that weren't like that when they were with me one-on-one. And I didn't talk shit, but I was also like, I was just observing everything. And I was like, that's not for me. Like they don't feel real. And, <laughs> and this person who's told is a freak. They, her, this, her name was Diamond. This one girl, I loved her and she didn't really hang out with anyone. We sat next to each other in history. So we really connected and I was able to see her around in halls mm-hmm. and passing and stuff. She was fucking hilarious. So we like kicked it off, you know? So for me, it's always been that intimacy doesn't intimidate me, never has. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to be able to connect into, you know? And I think I wanted to push 
I don't think I was thinking this consciously, but I did have some circumstances with like a volleyball coach, an English teacher, a history teacher, where like an abruption happened, not because I was disrespectful, but stuff happened where I was like, hey, I thought we were friends and you hurt my feelings. So I'm not going to participate anymore. You know, like there were these dynamics that were taking place that were so much more about me feeling that we weren't teacher and student. We were friends Mm. (laughs) and I, and half the teachers loved that about me and it made it really wonderful. (laughs) And half of them, I think felt really confused by why I would give myself so much permission to Mm. kind of meet that and be like, why would you tell me something if that's not actually like I challenged a lot of people um, based on my own clarity. And anyway, so it was, yeah, a lot of teachers don't like that. Yeah. Power plays. Totally. I don't know. Ego loves a power play. So Mm -hmm. I think for me in high school, it was just uh, connect with people who want to connect with you. I was always in sweats and like, like my PJs, like, (laughs) I think there's always been a part of me. And I think it has a lot to do with relating with my sister our whole life because we're two years apart. She's two years younger. I didn't realize we developed a really open, creative, depth-provoking relationship because we both already wanted to exist there until I got a little older and I thought everyone related with their sibling the way I did, and I realized that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. So I think also based on the dynamic of my mom and raising my sister and I, it was a very creative household, without calling it a creative household, but we had an art closet. We I never thought, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to grow up and be an artist. I just felt comfortable expressing and and we weren't, emotions weren't stigmaed. And um, so I think also... I understood a level of like being real or like just genuinely knowing where stock lies and where it doesn't. So like, I'm going to come in my fucking PJs because what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what does it matter? Really? What are we showing up for? I don't know. So yeah, maybe those values, I didn't even realize I was aligning to them and I was, but connection really just like follow the connection. Yeah. That's great. That's really interesting. There are definitely things in there I relate to and other things where I'm like, yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) I, it, it sounds amazing. Like your, your household and the, the freeness and the creativity and the emotion and the emotion, especially, I think that was the hardest part for me. That's, Mm. I was closed off emotionally, but as a teacher, as a student, as both, what do you mean? Um, as a student, as a as a person <laughs> for, mm-hmm. yes, yes, for yes. a lot of my life. I'm, mm. I, I mean, as I get older, I get farther and farther away from that and more and more open. And, and mm. especially like, as I intentionally dig into where that comes from and understanding mm. it. But I think what's interesting is that as a teacher, being a teacher was like the most authentic and um, Mm -hmm. present that I could be. Mm. And like, it was, it was okay to not be that emotional. Like I was emotional for them, you know, like I cared, I could show them that I cared. Like that piece was never an issue, but like, there were also boundaries where it's like, I don't, I don't need to show you if I'm hurting or, you know, like my personal life, but I can show up and care for you. Right. Um, which is easier for me to do. <laughs> well, and, and just, if I can be really like, if I can allow that share to, 
you know how I was saying, I'm sometimes wondering if I'm going to be getting in trouble uh, mm-hmm. when I'm in the wellness center, even though nobody actually, everyone thinks who's around me thinks I'm great, loves the work I do, but it's just because I'm comparing the old model onto me. Mm-hmm. I had a day where I cried a lot and I came into the wellness center and I could feel my self just like, like I was happy to be there, but I just knew I was like, I just fucking cried really hard. And that's just true. And I, I knew that when I was working with some of the students, I was just going to share that. And those are the moments that I'm wondering because I don't have the context of this is what you do and this is how you do it and go. I was like, I don't want to do it that way. And so that's why I think the, it's like, how open can you be right in a, in a place that can you just come in and be like, and is it effective? Cause by no means do I think I should go in crying and be like, it's not working, you know, but, <laughs> but can I say to one of the students, like when they are looking at me overwhelmed, like I also felt that this morning and it just totally knocked me out and use it as a moment of relating. And mm-hmm. I find it's working, but it is really vulnerable. Cause I'll do stuff, even meditation and yoga, some of the one-on-one in the wellness space. Cause I also teach an actual class, which is a very different thing. Cause it brings out a disciplinary in me that I'm not used to practicing at all. And so that's a very interesting current to kind of like, I'm by no means um, like angry, but I have to use more of a, it feels more like I'm trying to dominate and that's not something I'm ever used to trying to do. So it does make me uncomfortable because I'm way more like uh, tender in my approach of breaking things down and learning and thinking about things. Um, so it's, I'll be like leading us into meditation. I'll be with a student one-on-one and I'm like, whoa, as you know, it's fucking vulnerable to start dropping in and shedding everything that you keep up throughout your day. Right. Mm-hmm. And you almost don't even know how much you keep out through your day until someone says, myself included, hold up, release. And you're like, whoa. And as I'm releasing like my layers and as I see the student, it's getting more and more fucking vulnerable and it's beautiful. But then I'm wondering, I'm like, what if someone walks in, am I allowed to do this? And I'm like, this is so fascinating because we should be relaxed in our being. We should be connecting in love. We should be like, if there's shoulds that we should have, those are the shoulds we should have. And I feel like, am I being too connected? That, that is weird to me. That makes me feel like something's up with us. If me being connected is an alarm in a system for people and yeah. learning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. And also <laughs> like, um, cause I taught, I taught yoga in two of the three of my schools. Um, <sighs> and in the first one, in the first one, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, mm. but I remember, um, being in a group and this was with sixth graders, I think, but I remember being with a group of kids and they didn't want to take their shoes off. And I was like, okay, why? And they, it, they didn't feel safe. They were afraid someone was going to steal their shoes. And it's like, okay, okay. (laughs) This is, this is where we're at. You know, I asked them, we do this, right? I don't like anyone to do anything just because they're told it's not Mm -hmm. something I'm interested in, like continuing the tradition of, I like people to really think and then decide if it's something that feels aligned. So I'll ask, I'll say, Hey, have you guys seen this? It's on the shirts. It's maybe, you know, someone who does it and they're like, yeah, mom's day. And I'm like, okay, can everyone take their hands like this? And I said, if I came up to you and I said this, right. Or your students, other people did, I was curious what it would make them feel. And I shared how I backpacked through Asia and that in much of Nepal and India, that's the greeting and the farewell is this body posture. That's like, hello, you don't even have to say a word. And the overwhelming response was, I would be really freaked out if someone was doing that to me because 
they could only relate to it from maybe like a point of giving away your power or like submission, like just that it was creepy basically. So there I was going, Oh my God, obviously like that makes complete sense. But I'm, I don't feel that it's a creepy thing. I feel like when I do this to you, it's so that, you know, I fucking love you beyond any behavior you show me. Right. And, and very well, the message could be received in a different way. So I think that's also so interesting about anything we're doing, whether we're in a yoga class at a high school or we're trying to run a small business or is like letting go. I have to practice this all the time and I'm not good at it. <laughs> letting go of whatever you think your plan is. Oh yeah. Cause no matter how well-intentioned I might be with doing this, it doesn't matter sometimes. Most of the yeah. time it doesn't. And after, I know that you've probably had this experience, but after five years of giving it my all to try and create something in a dream way where I thought about every little fucking detail and the like maniacness and a lot of precision too, that, that occurred, all I saw was that I will actually get whatever I'm supposed to actually get. And it's not going to come in the way I thought doesn't mean I should totally say, I'm not going to fucking try to create a plan. It just means create the plan with total awareness that you could drop it at any moment and let grace and that process, like, don't be hard about anything. Just mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I wouldn't say to anyone who wants to be a teacher or a mentor or a, a guide of any kind, just be totally spontaneous. I feel that ask because of a lot of years of practicing structure. So it feels really exciting now to pull the fresh moment and be like, I'll call on self-expression. I'll call on meditation. But if I was in the beginning, I wouldn't just be like, Hey, just like, don't plan, just go. <laughs> no, you need to first plan. But as you know, as a teacher's plan, those as a mom, anything, it is never that fucking way. Nope. It's never the plan. Never. So why can't we start saying that way more obviously to each other with like, I think humor. And I think we think it means we won't be as caring or something, or like we won't be able to uphold what we imagine we're supposed to uphold if we don't. So rigid. Yeah. I think there's a lot, there's a lot in all of that. Yeah, <laughs> in, I know. In, I know. In the teacher space, especially, you know, like a lot of times teachers are mandated to turn in lesson plans and like have everything very specifically planned out and say, this is what I'm going to do. And this is when, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into the side story, but I, uh, in my last year at my first school, when I started getting targeted, um, and then was fired, I got pulled into a meeting about my lesson plans and it was <laughs> the most ridiculous meeting ever because he was just like, uh, these other teachers are doing this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, these were the guidelines and I'm doing all the things on the guidelines. And he was like, yeah, but these other teachers are doing this. I'm like, I don't care <laughs> what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm following the guidelines. Mm -hmm. And also the teachers you're mentioning have half as many students and teach half as many classes. So they have time mm. to do that. They have the availability mm. to do that. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah, like it's used, it's also used as like a power play well, of like interesting. And control. It's interesting because then you know exactly what I mean about feeling in trouble. That mm -hmm. feeling, oh. I'm not even getting in trouble, <laughs> but you know exactly that feeling. Because my oh, friends yeah. who aren't in the, like my sister, one of my best friends, a big part of Root Connection, they're not in any type of public education. So they're like, I wonder why it's coming up so big in you. And I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. But I think for those that are in it's there. public school it's, houses, it's, it's there. there. And I it's mean, there it for depends. the kids too. I mean, oh, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Anything we could, is it the bells? Is it the, is it, the, is it what could you not get in trouble for us? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> and I think for me, like <laughs> getting fired from my first job was super traumatic. I, the way it went mm. down, everything around it, it was a lot. And mm. it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I needed to leave that school. I knew that already, but I couldn't because I was too attached to the kids and I didn't want to leave them and blah, blah, blah. And also, um, it gave me a freedom, I feel like, in Mm. my future positions to just do what I felt was right. Because it was like, what's the worst could happen? I could get fired. That already happened. I survived. Oh, why is that so true to everything in life that the worst (laughs) happening is inevitable so we can be free? Oh my God. It's hard, but it's like, you know, so I, I know the fear and I feel like I was able to escape it a little bit because of my experiences. And so I was just like, this is what I'm doing. This is what the kids need. So this is what I'm doing. Um, Not to say you know, I was no, nowhere near perfect, still, you yeah. know, part of the system and mm-hmm. still causing harm without knowing it and blah, blah, blah. But what do you, what do you mean when you say that? Give me like, uh, give me a little bit more into your, give, tell me more. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Part, the causing harm part or the. Yeah. 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 The cause that makes me, that makes me go, well, I can't imagine that you'd be causing harm. It's the structure. I mean, it's the setup. Um, like for the first school I was at had like a demerit system and uniforms and was like very rigid and policing. And I didn't buy into that. I didn't give demerits really, but like, I remember. What what does that mean? What's a demerit? What does that mean? So it's basically like, I don't think there was even a physical thing for it, but it was just like a strike, you know? And it was like, if you got this many then you got detention. And if you got this many detentions, but it was for dumb, the dumbest shit, like your Mm. belt's the wrong color or you were tardy or this or that. And it's like, who the fuck cares? Let them come to class and learn. Yeah. 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 And like be humans. Mm. And, um, so like, I didn't really do the demerits, but I remember there were other years where, um, well, my, I, there, there are a lot of examples I could give, but um, I remember I was doing like participation points and I was, I was controlling like language at one point and not like, mm. not like slang or like, I was never mm. like speak proper English cause that's fucking bullshit. But yeah. um but like just trying to make it a respectful environment of like, let's not say shut up and let's not say, let's not curse and whatever. And so it was like, well, I'll give you participation points for this. But then if you say these things, I'm going to take some off. And it's like, they didn't mean anything. They weren't actually part of the grade, but they were controlling. Um, and even grades. I mean, you know, like, I feel like the most harm that I did was with grades and and upholding like, well, you didn't reach the standard or, you know, like when even the concept of these are the standards that have been prescribed because you are this age and, and, you know, like it doesn't make any sense at all. I know, you know, 
I'm wondering what you think about this because I've been really chewing on it because I do think we're born to grow like human evolution, right? We come from a little seed. As you know, you birth the baby, you watch it literally go into its further version of itself. And it's like, this is what we're designed to do. And so to me, fundamentally in our nature is that creativity or creation is happening. Mm -hmm. And it feels confusing to me with the grades because because of my home environment and that it was the things you said, freeness, creativity, emotional expression, of course, all safe. Didn't even think that you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I've just been feeling like, cause prior to the teens, I would work with root connection mainly with adults. And as a yoga teacher, sometimes as old as 80, but mainly 30, 40 seems to be who's gravitating towards me and the work mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, my thing is, similar to what I do with the teens. What do you care about? And have you gone for it in any way? Even if it's like create a podcast or like it could be called a side hobby. It doesn't have to be, you create your whole life to being around that thing, but asking them to just begin something that is a creative project Mm -hmm. for, for almost a hundred percent of the people was no, I can't because I'm going to fail. And I was like, okay, this is so fucking annoying because, because from someone who's lived growing an organization for five years, among many other projects that I have watched birth and die, some of which were reborn, some of which just died, some of which had other things that showed me to think that you are going to sign up for life for evolution and creativity and not have a perceived failure is ridiculous because you will have failure daily if you are really on your quote growth edge or any of the words we want to pitch and sell to all of our leadership teams around the world, which I'm for, but then what the hell, because I see with the students I have now, they have it on their phone where it'll show them the the grade and the color that's so anyway, the grades thing. And I'm just like, I didn't even think to correlate that our grade system is the reason why so many of the people right out of their college or even years after can't be creative, wild and free for even one second. Yeah. Not only do they like not kind of, they just don't go for it because it's like the perceived, a perceived F Mm -hmm. is, and, and for me, that's so hard because I'm like, okay, wait, this is so irrelevant for if they get an F or an A, like, and one thing I say to the teachers that are in part of the program, because some of them have been there for 20 years and they're new in wellness, but they're not new in the whole institution mm-hmm. is just like, do you guys think, I guess I always think to pick things apart and really think about them. And I'm not, I don't think that a lot of people are doing that necessarily, but I've wondered why that hasn't been done in so many sectors because uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not, I know you, you feel very similar to me, but I just find it's like such a depressing, that's why I cried really hard that morning because now I've been at Pioneer for two months. So I feel like I've gotten into the beginning saturation period of beginning this year and it's mm-hmm. COVID post COVID. So it has a very new charge around it than it did in 2019. Yeah. It was already a lot for me in 2019 around new exposure. Head is out of high school. She's now being seen as a teacher, whatever the fuck that identity was bringing up in me. I say, mm-hmm. I say fuck a lot. And that comes up sometimes when I'm in class and I'll be like, okay, well, I'm not saying it like, fuck you, but I'll be like, well, it, it comes out in a way that's very natural to my being and very loving. And then I'm like, Oh, like, did I just, <laughs> you know, are we good? And anyway, so I I cried really hard because I think I had this point of like, I know I want to be there, 
And I know it's bringing a lot up in me in these subconscious, like the things that I still have yet to really gleam light on, no matter how much work I've done so far, I still have so many things that are still hidden to being worked through and clarified for my own life and for what I hope to offer Mm -hmm. that the school, it almost brought up every fucking area that I didn't even know I hadn't yet permeated. And it's thick. Like it's, it's so dense because I am just kind of feeling like, yes, I can actually make so much impact here. And already in two months, I have created an incredible flow of talking to students and their possibility and languaging skill sets. And then they'll come and they'll literally say something to me that confirms that it's working. Not that it works necessarily in a way I thought, but that we're really trying to practice. We're not just doing crisis management. We're really, at least me with them, trying to instill just a beginning step of what I would call like empowerment practice, you know, or just reorientation, perspective shifts. So that feels so gratifying for me. And I had worked with some teens in 2019. The reason the wellness center came is because a leadership class, the leadership class at the time was like, well, let's just ask the students what's up. Like, what do they need? What do they think is missing? That. Isn't that, that cool? doesn't happen at school. I That's know. what needs to happen. I think pioneers trying to be cutting edge in a way, which I'm grateful for. I don't know what it means when you're trying to be something, but maybe they really are. <laughs> but I think they feel the pressure of being a distinguished school that is seen as, um, yeah, doing good things. Uh, so they asked the students and one of the main things that was back that came back feedback wise was like, there's a mental health crisis going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no surprise. And how do we do this basically? So these teens and a group of teachers, one of them was running leadership and she's now the head of the wellness center who I work directly with all the time. Her name is Amy Hernandez and she's fantastic. She's way more the yang. I'm way more the yin. She gets to do more of the rules and I'm so glad because she knows them and I don't have to do that because she knows how to do that. And I'm like, thank you so much. So I can do the barefoot weird breathing thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but these three students, they were juniors at the time, Louisa, Tavion and Kyle. And, um, I remember when it was the summer prior to the school year starting and my Mr. McMahon, the teacher I told you about said, Hey, I know you've been creating sister roots. I know you said you wanted to start bringing it towards teens. We got this grant for $50,000. It wouldn't be sister roots, but you'd be able to come in and do all the things you love to do. And I was like, of course, I don't care what it's called. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) And so that summer when this was all getting kind of finalized, I got to meet these teens with Amy because I had had Amy's husband actually in high school, but I never had Amy. Mm -hmm. And actually her husband and I got into one of those like grapplings where I was like, fuck you for thinking. And then she actually called, he asked Amy to call me into the office over the overhead I mean, the speaker mm-hmm. to talk to her. So the only time I ever knew her in high school was to get talked to for a moment about <laughs> what was happening with her husband in history class. And I told her, I was like, I don't know if you remember that because I know you have so many students and it was literally a five second conversation. Cause I was like very confused when I sat with her, I was like, I don't know you, but like, I got, I'm getting called in to talk to you. I know your husband probably did this to tell you to come in. <laughs> so there's so much humor too around what we think we're doing and what we're not doing and what we're trying to show people we're doing. So the summertime, I get to connect with Amy for the first time in a way that felt very much like we're meeting for the first time in a face-to-face kind of way. Mm -hmm. And those three teens, Louisa and I ended up hitting off the most. I think it's because she felt the most passion to be around the wellness center. And like, so we'd make flyers. I created a girls group. She helped me go around the bathrooms. She was like my port, my person, 
to help me know all the things that I don't know mm-hmm. that students know. And so yeah. she was a perfect, we were a perfect team in that way. Then COVID happens and everything's going online. And that was of course for them and anyone else in that year stifling. Cause they were going to have senior graduate, you know, everything was like, sorry, not going to go down that way. You're not going to have it like that. And when I was at my, I'm in my backyard a lot when I'm creating content and I was like, why don't I just contact Louisa and say, I want to do mentorship with you. Like, I want to just take it out of the school now (laughs) because it was very quick and deep what we were doing, but then, you know, COVID happened and she was like, I would love to. And I'm like, this is so cool. So we started to meet, it was wherever. Sometimes she, she was never really into coffee shops, but she wanted to explore them. So I was like, we could do like a coffee shop kind of like field trip exploration. So that was part of our, the way that we would meet. She would also come into the backyard. And at the time she was going to De Anza community college and she very clearly read right at the beginning. She was like, this is pointless, like mm. not pointless because I just feel like I'm like, cause there's a difference. I, I feel like this shows up in the high school too. There's a difference from just being a brat and being like, I don't want to do what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And thoughtfully looking at something and really observing it and being like, it just doesn't make sense for a deeper reason, not just pushback. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I tell a lot of the students, I'm like, I don't know if your parents haven't told you this, cause it seems like a lot of us don't distill the wisdom, but half of life is going to come in a package you dislike. And if you think that means it's not fair and something's wrong, then you're gonna have a way harder time. But if you can just get down with the half of it, you don't like, and you still arrive and you make the best of it. That's also a fantastic skill set. So I'm always kind of like, it's hard because some of the stuff, you know, you're like, they shouldn't have to be in that room. So it is hard to start to decipher when to use the skill. Um, so she comes to me and I told her, I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell you everything I wish someone told me, which is like, you don't have to go to this. You don't have to sign up for these classes. You don't have to do. I think that staying involved in your life and growing to whatever capacity you can that's for sure my priority with you. I don't know if it's this means or this means. And so let's just keep on seeing as you take a few more classes through the weeks. If you feel more and more like it's just a waste of your time, then yeah, let's restructure. Let's talk about a different plan, right? Mm -hmm. Then she comes like a few weeks later to my backyard and she's like, I'm like, what? She's like, I dropped out. I was like, yeah. And she was so shocked at my surprise. I think she felt like, who's going to be mad at me? You know, I failed or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, she's like, I'm so happy you're responding this way. And I was like, well, yeah, cause you're not running away. Like they'd be different if I was sensing that you were just like, mm, I don't like stuff, whatever, but that wasn't mm-hmm. it. You were just being really genuine and, and really present with what was in front of you and using your contemplation skills. Like, mm-hmm. I think that for us to not think that that age group can do that, I think is a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> especially about things existentially, like a, like a philosophy class, I think should be part of everybody's high school, um, to think wide and big just for that alone, not for the answer. Yeah. So it was cool because not only Louisa planted the seed, she was who I started to work with the most. And then I started to feel real good grooving that I wasn't going to get in trouble. And they had all turned 18. So that was also a helpful reason that I felt like (laughs) I'm just going to hit them up because I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to know them or what the fuck is going on, but I love them. So I will contact them. Now they're adults. Okay. (laughs) And so I hit up this other, the kid Tavian and he, and I had a special relationship too, more complicated for his, um, like he'd, Louisa has more stability in her life, like a mom and dad that have a home she can live in. Whereas Tavian grew up in foster care, Mm -hmm. drug addict parents, black, gay, 
Yeah. All the intersections that would make him feel that he doesn't work in this world. Yeah. And he's fucking brilliant. So mm-hmm. when I met him, I was like, fuck, we really got to work together. Cause not only does he have all of this, uh, like perceived disadvantage and in some ways it is, but he has so much advantage that nobody's maybe pitching that to him mm-hmm. because the types of conversations we would have the insight, the liberation, the, I was like, this is, you could be running a class yep. for, for students. So then we started to meet, but it was through zoom because he moved to Oregon. Um, and then Kyle, all three of them, I started to work with one-on-one pretty consistently. And all three of them made huge life changes in the time we were mentoring that were completely, um, like out of the box, if you will, than when we first met and they would have never even thought like Louisa just started her first week at school in London. Mm-hmm. So after she left, um, she, after that day, she told me she was dropping out. I was like, so then what are we going to do? You know, mm-hmm. like now. <laughs> and she was like, well, I'm thinking like, I've always loved fashion and she always, and always during the school day, she was so cute and everything she would put on. And it was fun because I would share with her. I was like, it's fun to watch you express yourself because it feels like it genuinely brings you joy. It doesn't feel like you're just trying to be liked. Cause that's a hard thing, even for adults, right? Are you dressing mm-hmm. to be liked or does this thing make you feel good and you fucking love it? And that's why you wear it. So she was like, it's definitely fashion for me, but I kind of want like sustainable fashion because the environment, you know, it's, as you know, all the teens, it's like at their forefront that the world is not well. Yeah. So what are you going to get into? What are you going to save the world or not? You know, yeah. like, ah, it's so stressful. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, just, just no big deal. Yeah. Everything's on fire. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so she said, I'm going to let's, so we said, okay, let's zoom in. Let's decide that the project will be figuring out sustainable fashion. And what does that mean then? Right. She starts looking at schools. The next session we have, because at this point we started to meet every week, the momentum was really building on its own. And, um, she's like, I found a few schools and I need to build a portfolio. So I was like, perfect. That's our mentorship together. Now it's gotten very precise. We're going to build a portfolio. And every time you come, we'll just stay. And she would bring fabrics over and we would still intermingle all the self-development. I would, we would do grounding, breathing exercises, we mm-hmm. do some art and self-expression, um, but then it got to get really harnessed towards this thing she wanted to birth. And um, at the end of it, she had this beautiful portfolio and her dream, the, there was a few that she liked, but the dream one was London College of Fashion. And so all of these steps that we're taking and all these different, you know, fears of like, they didn't get the trip. No, they didn't. Oh, I have to get my visa. And she's from Brazil. She came here when she was nine with her family. Okay. Um, so she also has this, she, she's so dynamic. She's so fantastic. Um, and so fucking loving. Like I met the like probably biggest love bug in, of that school year in 2019 in her. And I will, I imagine we'll be in each other's lives until we're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she just started school this week and I get a text from her and she's like, it's my first week. I took myself on a date because I taught her some of the things I used to do. And she's like, she, she, she surprised me, um, with tulips for my 30th birthday. And my friends had like, um, stuff happening at the house. And so when I opened the door and she came in, she was watching kind of the celebration take place. And she was like, Hey, I don't even see like 17, 18 year olds having as much fun as your birthday party looks like. This feels like a five-year-old party. And so I could tell that in so many ways she was watching how I was living and feeling refreshed by it, but also didn't know it was allowed that you could get older and still play like a motherfucker, you know, that you could feel five (laughs) in your heart, but still be effective and make things that work in the world. And I think until someone sees it lived, it's hard for them to know that you can still be playful and effective. 
Yeah. Because we just think that only if you're serious that you're valued. You got to work hard and... (laughs) 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 Yeah. So she, you know, that's so meaningful to get these messages from her that are like, this is what I did on my first date with myself. I went to this cafe (laughs) and then she's like, it's the first week of school and I'm kind of losing it. I'm like, call me whatever you want. It's very natural to lose it in the beginning. I said, usually the beginnings of things, I feel like scrambled eggs. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> you don't know, you are disoriented. It is the beginning. It's natural. So for her and for the others, it's so helpful. I think for mentorship, education, whatever, to keep painting the new perspective that includes that what they're going through is completely natural part of the growth process to be expected. So then you can totally remove the shame monster and the like feeling like shit about everything and then work with whatever's there. And you can be 10 times more, I think just in enjoyment at the very least, but that's also at the very most, I think of the process, right? Gosh, it's crazy to me how much we're battling with shame everywhere, myself included. I'm like, oh, this is how we know we're backwards. Like we're so haterade filled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe that's like one of the lovely joys of being able to work with young people is you get to see like they're still kids. They still have some of that hope and like mm. just genuine honesty and authenticity Mm. and showing up as who they are because they haven't been fully (laughs) broken or jaded or (laughs) shamed or all of the things Mm. and it's just like you want to do everything you can to help keep them that way totally totally so it's you know even for from a yoga point of view some of my wisest teachers have always said to me a few key things. One of them never look down on on anyone, never look above to anyone. Um, If you are a teacher, it's because first you are forever a student, which this is not something many of us know this, but if you actually understand that, (laughs) then we can't be met with half of what we are being met with. And so I think from like a, I think, yes, education needs to like Uh, really get caught up to speed. But I think what needs to happen first and foremost is a total shift of perspective, like for the person and the globe of what you think the story is to be here. Mm -hmm. Because if you tell it the way we've been telling it, you wouldn't open into or even know the possibilities of what we're also talking about. So that's like when I start a workshop series with anyone, I'm very interested in the beginning of everything because it can be so powerful, the approach, right? It's like, I think about a yoga class. How many people have I met that the first yoga class they went to was either like just totally inappropriate for them, not that they could know and not that I think it's anyone's fault, but like a class that was more about exercise than actually distilling yoga. And then say, if they came to my class and I very much like people to know, I do it with a lot of, I think love, but I do call it out and I'll say, Hey everyone, just want you to know, this is yoga. Yoga can liberate you from everything. And that's the design of the practice. It's actually fantastic. Will you exercise while you're here? Most likely. Is that the point of my class here with you? No, but I'm not saying it's not worth like that. It's not a great thing that your butt could look cute. And I make jokes like this cause I get it. I've been on the mat um, but it's like, I think about, well, what if you had a class that was from the very beginning, you got what yoga was yeah. then as a student, your yoga journey would be so much more ripe. Same with education, same with parenting, same with, if you really know right at the beginning, what it is and what it isn't, then you can play in such a different way. So the mind, I think, have you read a new earth, um, or heard of it from Eckhart Tolle? Mm-hmm. Tolle? 
I think he wrote it years ago. I can't remember. It's not a brand new book, but it's a good book. I recommend it. Um, and it, it seems to me, this is why our organization is beyond me becoming we, it seems to me like what you might be wrestling with in that entire 15 year journey of probably so many things that you experienced yeah. is the narrative of a me being the normal narrative. And so we're a bunch of me's right. Me, the principal and me, the blah, blah, blah. And me, and I have my own agenda and I have my own motives and I'm trying to just do what I need to do at my home life, but also here, but it's me. It's kind of like me and what I need ego. <laughs> and it'd be very different. I think if the situated view was we are, we first that makes it so cool that we have this self-expressed unique me that comes out of it. So it's like the way that I work with adults and students when I'm trying to shift the perspective, because it's such a big shift. It's not a tiny shift. It's a humongous shift. Mm -hmm. And it applies then into every other little aspect of your external life actually. Right. And so this model of, um, one of my teachers brought this up and it was so beautiful. He had these circles that, or, or I put them in circles. He didn't, I guess, put them in circles, but I heard it in that way where he was talking about the levels of having, doing, and being. And he said, currently in this world, and even Thich Nhat Hanh and a few teachers talk about the problem being obsessed with material things in this world, which an ego would be obsessed with material things. Cause look at me bling. I stand out. I'm better than you, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, that, some of these teachers have said, if we're going to do anything like the Dalai Lama, even we have to change from being a material oriented and identified society or individual to being a spiritually identified society or whatever. Mm -hmm. A true, not, not the idea of a spiritual, not, not what we think that looks like. Yogis, I think, know that that's a beast because I'm like fake spirituality or real spirituality, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is fine because maybe you'll get to the real one if you're in the fake one. But I've been in a lot of the fake that I'm just like, ah. Yeah. Are you really, are you really going to commit to the yoga or, but anyway, um, the, if we're material, um, oriented, which we are American dream, all the things we talk about, then our havings, our things, right. Mm -hmm. The house, the, the fence, whatever matters the most to us, the vacations we take. And it is, that's how we, that's how we stock that we're doing well. And that's how we usually, we vacation, we eat delicious food and desserts. Right. Yeah. And the doing is also right up there as a producer of my life, my productivity, my, my actions. Right. And, and so what we come to see is we have all this doing and all this having and no fulfillment. Yeah. So the beingness level is not centered. It's the last thing. And so this one particular teacher of mine said, we need it to completely switch. So at the same time that I'm working on switching me to we perspective with people, I'm also trying to switch having, doing, being to being, doing, having. Yeah. So that you can take a thousand approaches with any given moment or person. Um, but it does involve having some level of self-exploration of your own being to be able to invite another to their own being. You can work with other people's doings and havings if your doings and havings are. <laughs> but those of us that have the gift of spending a lot of time, whether it be in a yoga experience or art or, or whatever, you don't even have to have had trainings to be in your being. Um, though I think at this point, it really helps us structure programs and curriculums and lifestyles that could contain it. Those are like my, I have a few guiding lights that are helpful when I think about who, how would I communicate 
the bigness of what I do in a small fucking frame. So if one person were to ask me in 15 seconds, you know, I could be like, okay, it's having, doing, being, and it needs to switch to being, having, doing. <laughs> Bye. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Okay. You think you're a me, but we're really a we. Okay. Bye. See you later. No? <laughs> Got it. Good. <laughs> and oh, by the way, love, 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 love the real one, not the <laughs> Valentine's one. No, that one's fun, but love, love, love on everything. True nature. Love, love, love. So those are my like, yeah, uh, my guides. I love that. I, I feel like it resonates a lot with me and what I want to do in supporting teachers. And it's, hard like because I feel I feel like and even trying to break into like having conversations with teachers and starting to connect with them there's so much they're so overwhelmed with the doing they don't know how or feel like they can't open up space for the being and for me it's like but it's it's the most important thing and it's what's going to help you be able to do the doing from a better place right. and it's like even convincing them to start the work <laughs> is mm. so hard but I love I love that idea well the beginning is so do you remember the beginning of your yoga journey or the beginning of your kind of starting to like you said that even when it was really beautiful to hear you say that this time since not being a teacher now has been probably exponentially more powerful in the reflective realm because of the fact that you're not in there. Yeah. And so I feel like for, for, for myself, even I forget how much I'm asking someone when I say, Hey, just start doing the being work. Come on. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm literally basically asking them in a seed to confront everything they've hidden from (laughs) (laughs) their whole lives so they can help other people do it too. So there's this like grace with me that I will absolutely ask that of them. And I'm like, I get why you ran, you know, or I know why you elbowed me out or you're like, no, no, I just have my coffee, my coffee in the lesson plan. <laughs> just give me an affirmation. I'll go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Namaste, right? Namaste yoga teacher. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that you, how would you say in, in the ways that you were, were there other people who had like yoga experience around you as teachers or were there meditative conversations ever happening or was the inner world even referenced at all ever in a way, not maybe not in the curriculum and stuff, but could you ever sense that? Yeah, I guess it's so hard. Our, our world is so at the surface. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was, you know, especially at my last school, I taught, I taught yoga there and it was like, um, we had a, every other Wednesday was a half day and we could offer things and kids could choose what they wanted to do. Mm. And so I offered yoga and it always filled up really fast because, and when I, I asked kids always on the first day, like, why did you sign up for this? And Mm. almost every single kid was like, I have so much anxiety. I'm so stressed. I need to Mm. learn how to relax. Yep. And, um, totally. So like, just, just through the fact that I did that, like kids knew me as like the woo-woo teacher or whatever. Um, but it, it was so interesting. I remember like I had a kid who came to me and he was like, I get really bad test anxiety. I get so anxious before a test. And I was like, you know, I'd love to give you some breathing exercises or some suggestions Mm. on what you could do to kind of help yourself calm down. And he was like, Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) I don't need that. 
It's like, okay, I get it. And yeah. also you could yeah. maybe just try, but you know. Yeah. But, and it is the same with the adults. I know that you're in the position of always being with the teens up until recently, but it's the same with the adults. And, and I think it's even worse with the adults because they have so much more pride around, no, no, I read the book about meditation and I'm like, okay, do you meditate though? No. So don't talk to me about mindfulness because you read it. And that's what our society is. I think is like with the students too, like a girl will come in a lot of uh, the teens have these rehearsed. Well, I think they are rehearsed in their body mind patterning, but panic attacks amongst various other expressions. And so it's always interesting when I'm with them because I never want to belittle experience, but I also really want to empower with like, I like to do half, like, let me give you some information about how the nervous system works, how some things go. So there can be a little bit of like, uh, there's so many interesting elements. Half of them who've seen therapists, how they end up talking to me. I'm like, whoa, I feel like, like, you know, I'm depersonalizing, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, you're 12. What the hell does that even mean? Like, I know your therapist used the term that you're depersonalizing, but what the flip? Like, I find it interesting with adults and with teens at this point, because a lot of them have had therapy from the time they're eight, nine, and now they're 12, 14. They're like, I know myself, like I have anxiety and this is what I do. And so there's this interesting, one of my yoga teachers, he said, if you're using yoga for therapy, it's like using an airplane as a bus. Like it will take you somewhere quicker, but it's not even close to what is possible with, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but the idea being, and I, I wrestle with this. I thought I would be a licensed therapist. Um, I was at a nonprofit right out of college, super grateful. Cause we were working with um, as young as three to as old as 21 at risk youth, varied ways in the community. And yeah. And yeah. So I had all these counselors around me and licensed therapists. So I got to really see what their days were like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot sign up for a day like this. Like the heart of the work of therapy and psychology and inner world stuff always was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it go down, I was like, no. So then yoga was such a gift because I didn't even know that was going to happen, that I would find the yoga mat and that it would be my tool to basically become a therapist. So many therapists would get mad if I even said this, but it's just true. Um, not every yoga teacher should say they're a therapist, but I can meet with a variety of any person and really do the similar work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, there's this interesting chasm too of like the wellness center is created more as a crisis response versus mm-hmm. a beginning conversation of our empowerment. So those are two very different things. I'm situated in the empowerment conversation, but I'm entering a crisis yeah. as we say. And so what are we talking about all day? Coping strategies. Cause we're stressed and blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, surely I'll insert myself at the beginning of that, but I'm not going to talk to them that way. Like, it's not about them finding a coping strategy because guess what? A lot of them come in, they're like, I know my coping strategy. I'm going to practice it. And then I'm like, this is becoming way too robotic. Like this is not the organic process of transformation that can be done by using therapeutic skill sets, but it has to be with perspective shiftings at the same time and intelligence conspiring, which yoga is yoga Mm -hmm. is beyond therapy. And that's not to disrespect therapy, but it's not about that. You're broken. It's about that. You're profound and you didn't know that you worked like this. And so now you need the skills. So I always say to them when they come in and a panic attack or this or that, some of them drive. And I say, do you drive your car down the highway? And I say, yeah. And I say, if you were to hit the gas so fast, what would you feel like? Oh, out of control. Okay. So that's what's going on in you. And you've never read the user's manual. 
So we got to read the manual. And a lot of the adults can't say that because those adults have yet to read the manual. They've learned the coping strategy maybe, or they've heard it from workshops they've read or or workshops they've taken or worksheets they've read. Cause we're all like, how do we serve mental health? Which I get, but it's like, uh, they're very different views of what the opportunity is versus like one of the teachers who's serving similar things to me always feels exhausted at the end of her day, which I totally Mm -hmm. understand because she's, she even says to me, <laughs> I, I have to tell her that I don't agree because I don't, but she'll say, you know, all these kids, they need a hero. And I'm like, mm. no, no, Mm-mm. that is exactly how we don't do anything. I don't think I'm a, no, I'm a friend. I am maybe a mentor <laughs> on my best days. I absolutely am. And maybe people would say my best days are when I'm just their friend, more or less, because of love, you know? Um, Not that it's omitted from mentoring, but it can be totally saturated alone in the friendship as the goal, (laughs) Uh, which I think is so healing for people, because I don't think people have that in our hustle lifestyle. I see that in the adults around me. I'm like, you guys don't have community. You don't have a natural sense of feeling that people fucking love you and that they'll show up for you. And that's just basic, not because of what I'll get out of it, but just we're meant to be like this. And a big part of our root connection work prior to getting online totally with zoom during pandemic was that we were a grassroots built community organization that had education, but was built on the fact that we were people who loved being people together. Yeah. I have found that you can talk all day about education and liberation and love and leadership and growing your sales and doing whatever, but still the ache for where are my people? Like on a, on a Friday, Saturday, I'm just looking for a good time with my actual people where I can discard my shells and just fucking laugh and maybe have a good conversation. Like that fills my everyday. And it is sustaining for me beyond any paycheck. I don't even care about paychecks probably because I'm so fulfilled in the realm of heart to heart Mm -hmm. that has no motive beyond. I fucking like spending time with you. (laughs) And so unless you value being, and then you're doing, and then you're having, it's almost impossible to find community because you're obsessed with doing nervous tick. Right. And I get it because I don't know how much your rent is and blah, 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 but lots of changes that we need to discard. And in, in the new earth, that's what Eckhart's kind of painting. He's saying we're moving from an egoic identified globe to a beyond egoic identified globe. And so there are many of us that have already done that at least in enough of a way to not be so obsessed with like boundaries of our nation and like And I, I say this to people who I connect with because some of our, because we went on zoom, we have a free weekly wellness hour with your connection that meets in the morning on Wednesdays. So we sometimes have people in Spain or this or that. And it's so cool. Cause I'm like, wow, this was not an opportunity for me when we were built in San Jose. Cause I didn't even care to go online. It wasn't yeah. something I even wanted to do. Um, and I was saying to this uh, gentleman, Lorenzo, who's in, I think he's in university studying engineering. And he's mentioned a few things that are depressing to him about seeing the norm of doing stuff that drains you to prove things. You know, I think everyone's seeing it. It's just like, are we going to call it? Um, so I was saying to Lorenzo, I was like, we, inv- the, the, I don't know when the computer was invented. Do you know? I know it was in my, I know it wasn't around when my mom was growing up and then it was around and then it changed her whole life and anyone's life mm-hmm. at that point who was like, this is amazing. There's TVs <laughs> and computers and technology is amazing. Okay. So now we're like 
I don't know, 30, 40 years into that or whatever. And it, I don't think any of us are like, it's amazing like that. Like we don't, <laughs> it is, it is fucking amazing. Actually, everything that is existing is amazing and miraculous, but we're at the overconsumption, overloaded information era, post-industrial era that didn't contemplate a little bit more open and wide. So now it's kind of like a beast. But what I see the internet invited us to is if we don't have, it's, it's the same thing from the me to the we. If we don't start to see our identity as international, that doesn't mean you have to go and know everyone in all the countries. That's unrealistic. You might have a certain job that takes you there. But if you can just hold that even on your freaking phone, you're connecting with so many different people in so many different places that it already is that we're international. So can you open that up inside yourself? Because then we could do environmental stuff and educational stuff and all this other stuff in a much more, I think, beautiful way. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity, but I also feel like it takes every individual person taking responsibility to shift all of these things. And that's the only way. Yeah. One by one. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's no like, here's the medicine. And that's also what therapy creates is a culture because we don't know our being. Oh, I have anxiety. I told you what I have. Give me the thing to take so I can get better because I don't want to give, I don't want to take responsibility for this life because it will mean a lot of work. Yeah. And I, and then it's like hard to meet that person when they're meeting me. Cause I'm like, I just want you to know that I'm here to be with you and tell you that of course, if this is the path you want, you can choose it. And it will never solve these core things that you think are being solved. And most of them go through that journey to some degree where the meds might do something not anti-meds, I'm not anti-anything, but I'm just like observing themes and patterns. And it seems like those that I know that are on stuff, it might've served something for the time period. Um, but there's this like plateau, or I don't know, something occurs where it's like, well, it's not working anymore. It's like, right. Cause it didn't get to the root. It just did the, the thing. And in a way it can teach you a lot about like any of the students that I work with who are like, I have more personalities or I'm this or I'm that. I'm like, welcome to the mind. Like <laughs> you, cause they're like, I think I'm so many different people. I'm like, totally. Like that doesn't freak me out. I'm not like, oh, you have a problem. Like you think you're so many people. I'm like, I know <laughs> on any given moment. Right. Is that voice in there just insane. Right. And so it's like this interesting, do you need to take that medication? If we work with the root, maybe for a little bit of time, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not prescribing meds and I don't want to, but I think it's so jumbled that it's hard to know. I try to take like all the time shame out of it. No, it's not morals. It's not right and wrong. Even with the vaccine, I'm like, I'm not anti, I'm not pro. I'm just like, do what is needed in the moment. And you can really only find that out by reaching the moment presently and being very um, involved. Like, just like whatever's needed. Okay. Cause half the time I never know what's needed, but I know I'll be there and I'll be able to act. Mm -hmm. So we got to move from like our heads to our hearts for sure, which I think means getting embodied. So asana, right? Anything that's like an intuitive form of come reclaiming way more space in our experience. Everybody should do this kind of thing. We don't have to call it yoga, but just like grounding body practices, yeah. intuitive listening, um, hanging with nature. Yeah. 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 Although the deep, the deep and full practice of all that yoga is is so profound and mm. that's I know I'm committed for the rest of my life I cry about that too because I'm like damn it Heather, what did you commit to when you said you were committed to liberation that's a big thing <laughs> and I say that to one of my yogi friends he's 
he's a great friend and also very challenging for me, but really wonderful in the fact that he challenges me so much too. And I find so much resolve in knowing him, even if we don't like spend a lot of time or whatever, just because he's the first person I've met who I can tell truly feels the gift and the challenge of saying I'm a yogi because, you know, like a lot of the people who I work with within root connection and team development and stuff, just because they love root connection or they love building what we're doing doesn't mean that their final goal is liberation or that their life is motivated around that value and how they're going to do that. I'm obsessed with that. That's like, I think about that all day long is how can we be free truly? Like, and are we already? So then like, what are these, what are these things happening? And, um, some days I feel, I don't want to say neurotic, but I don't feel that I relate to not in a way that's negative. I don't feel like, Oh, I don't, society doesn't get me. uh, I don't, I'm, I'm okay with how everything is in that way. Like play the game you want to play until you don't want to play it and then whatever. But I don't know a lot of people, like you said, that are really, really like the depth and profundity of the yoga can seriously show you that we are, that being human being is, it's a super cool thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like a disadvantage and the narrative of being a human being is that we're disadvantaged. And we're the highest form of consciousness, at least in the development. So then it's like, uh, yeah. So this one friend, he's so, um, he embodies of being a modern person who wants to continue to do this practice in a way that is unique to his life. And it's interesting to be around him too, because I'm like, it, it is weird to be someone who says, well, my final goal isn't a family or my final goal isn't to have a certain career Cause in the world, that's how you talked to. And he similar to me wants to be effective and wants to play all in. But if that means to be a Yogi, then that's very, you don't necessarily know what that means. Life is going to bring you because if it is that liberation beyond the physical in every way is your goal, well, then there's so many ways you could get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I often wonder, is there a hybrid if yoga and education, public education made a baby? We didn't have to call it yoga. We didn't have to call it public education. What would we call it? That would be the best form of offering. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. I, I see, you know, when the, the shutdown the first lockdowns happened and and school shifted to remote. There were so many, I feel like there was at least some optimism of like, Mm. this is our chance to Mm. stop doing all the things. Like when standardized testing was canceled because kids couldn't be in a room together, Mm. do that. And like all of these things, it's like, we don't need these things. So can we take this opportunity to start shedding and cutting out these things and reimagining what mm-hmm. school could be, what school needs to be. And everything that I'm seeing right now is just like so far from that. And it's awful. Well, it's, it's awful because it, it's, it, it, you are living in a hard intersection because of all of what you've seen, because I only feel it from the the little bit of time I've had, because I've been like, whoa, this is revealing a lot of truth. The system itself is extremely stale. So the teachers are 
are stale. So the content is stale. So the students are stale. It should be the environment that's full of most vibrancy. So therefore we're at odds here because if in my mind, if I'm building an, if I'm reimagining school, I'm reimagining a teacher and I'm reimagining a student and the teacher I want is so passionate mm-hmm. period about, um, whatever, but just like they, they have to be kind of cream of the crop, not just able to get a certain curriculum down. They have to be the yogis essentially. Like maybe they don't have to take yoga, but I would want them to have the higher level of uh, intelligence surging through them, attunement, ability to be with relationship and communication on various sectors because their inner enhancement is so uh, sweet and, you know, resolved and aligned that they can do outer things that bring up a lot of challenge. Cause as you know, any outer thing can run us into everything, right? Oh, the fucking server fell and oh, that thing was the, the bill was canceled and oh, this and oh, that. And so that doesn't mean that what you're doing doesn't matter and doesn't work. It just means there's so many factors outside of us that could be perceived as barriers and failures. But if you don't know your inner world, guess what? It only takes one tiny little thing like that to happen for you to crumble, die and say, I don't even want to do it anymore. And it's like, well, wait, that's going to happen with everything. You're going to be met with like blocks, blocks. So it's like one, the teacher needs to be seen as extremely vibrantly alive, not stale, not 10 year mindset of, I don't have to fucking think of something 15 years later. I'm just going to pull out that one sheet from 15 years ago. Mm. Well then in that very pattern is very revealing of why this isn't working. And I think that the teachers, like at least when I'm around them, of course they mean well, but I'm not sure they're, they're not on the level I'm talking about at all. And I don't know that they want to be (laughs) Yeah, some, some maybe. Yeah. Well, and they don't have the support in this space to be, and that's the other thing, you know, like there's so many, so much politics and paperwork and bullshit Mm -hmm. and like things that we pile on and say like, oh, well you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how about no, Mm -hmm. let me be present in my classroom Mm -hmm. with my students Mm -hmm. and be able to harness that inner knowing and passion and be able to Mm. give all of that energy that that requires Mm. to my students, because that's why I'm here. And that to me is like Mm. what I want to help with so fast. How can we just get rid of all that bullshit and, or at least like, okay, we know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. What can we just ignore? What can we just say no to? What can we just step away from and choose to shift our energy and say Mm -hmm. like, this is where I'm putting it because this is where it matters. Uh, And yeah. Gorgeous. Heard. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to see more about the work that I'm doing, you can go to lovemorty.com. Uh, Make sure to put in your name to sign up for the newsletter so you'll get all my emails and you won't miss anything. You can also follow me on Instagram at love.morty where you can see what I'm up to and some honest reflections. And if you liked this conversation, please make sure to rate and review. That really helps me reach more people and see what I can do with this. So thank you again. I will talk to you next time.